This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com. Kabbalah has a very, very deep and very profound understanding. It, it's, you know, the Kabbalah is like the soul, soul of Judaism and it makes it come alive and you understand the meaning and the relevance behind the mitzvah. And it's interesting that the commandment not to shave your beard is actually in the Torah portion which is called Kedoshim, you should be holy. So with Kabbalah, beard is associated with holiness, uh, with the soul, because you know man is created in the image of God. So everything that we see, everything that we experience is really a reflection of God. So if we have a beard, that means, so to speak, on the, on the divine level, there's also the, the divine beard. And what that means is that, you know, here is the most external part of a person. Not just geographically or uh, quantitatively, but also qualitatively. Because although you're weird and it's connected to you, but yet if you cut it, you don't feel any pain. You know, if you cut your skin or you cut a part of you, you feel you feel the pain. But the beard, the hair, is basically dead. You know, there are no, there are no nerves. You can cut it and you don't feel it unless if you pull on it, because that pulls on the roots, on the follicles. But other than that, so it's the most external part of the person. So the idea of carrying a beard Kabbalistically is the idea that to God, the whole universe, the whole world, not only the material world, but even the higher realms, the spiritual worlds, to God it's like it's like carrying a beard. In other words, it's totally external. External to God. It's not part of the essence of God. It's not like God has to invest his essence into the creation the world and the universe is something that's totally external, external to God. And therefore, you know, we really have no way of really knowing or grasping, you know, the essence of God. Not through philosophy and not through meditation and not through um, spirituality or religion. We simply don't have the tools to know God because God is so infinite and undefined and, and transcendent using as an analogy if someone told you I, I grasp the concept with my beer hands it's a nonsensical statement you don't grasp concepts since concepts are not something physical you can grasp or if someone told you that the concept that I learned today is so deep that I could not grasp it with my hand it's equally a nonsensical statement because there's no relationship between concepts and, and, and the sense of touch so too equally for anyone to say, if someone said that I, I grasp God with my hands, you would understand that's an nonsensical statement. So too equally, the Kabbalah explains, if someone says that I understand God, I can grasp God with my mind, or I can grasp God through meditation, or spiritually, it's equally an nonsensical statement, because we simply don't have 
the tools with which to grasp God. God is so infinite and so transcendent that the entire world and the entire universe and even the higher realms of consciousness and the entire universe to God is like, it's like God carrying a beard. It's totally external to God. It's not part of his essence. So we simply don't have the tools to create God. And, and what the beard represents, the beard represents God's 13 attributes of mercy. In other words, this is like God takes a radical leap and he enables us, he emanates from within himself, he emanates the ten sfirot, the Kabbalah, the whole foundation of the Kabbalah is the ten sfirot, the ten divine emanations, we, that we're able to speak of God's mind and God's emotion, compassion and God's love. So all of these is really a radical leap. It's only out of God's infinite love for us, compassion for us, that he, so to speak, speaks our language. He, so to speak, uh, um, contracts himself. And he enables us to be able to relate to him. You know, we talk of God's mind, we can relate to it. We talk of God's love and God's compassion. It's like, imagine Einstein wants to relate to his little baby, his little kid. He's going to start discussing with him the, the, the <laughs> theory of relativity. The, the child will be in tears. So Einstein gets down in all four and starts playing, you know, uh, starts playing uh, child games with the child. And, and they're communicating. So, so too God, out of his infinite love for us, wants to be able to relate to us. We should be able to relate to him in, in, in a way that, 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 you know, that we, can, we can relate to. So we can relate to the mind, the heart. So therefore God emanates from within himself uh, the, uh, the ten spheroes. So this is an act of, of mercy. It's an act of, of, of ultimate kindness and love of God. So the entire universe, the entire world, is like the equivalent of God carrying just like we carry a beard so it's like God carrying the whole universe it's like a beard to God it's totally external to God but it's an expression of God's mercy and God's compassion God's willingness to have a relationship with us so the beard represents something something that's very 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 deep and very very holy because even though the beard is very external but the beard and this is specifically the the beard we're not talking about the hair that we're born with for the year, that, that part we, we keep pretty trim. But the beard, we don't, we don't shave. And Hasidim and those who follow the Kabbalah don't even trim it. Um, we just leave it as, as is because beard enters into our life, comes, comes with maturity, with puberty. So it's, it's, it comes from the deepest part within us. It's connected with our sexuality. And you know, something, something that's very deep. Even the external part of it is also very, very deep. It's like when you, you can't communicate something in words, you can only hint at it, you can only wink. And that wink, and that contains more than, than, than anything you can say. So when you're trying to express something that's so deep and so profound, you can't express it, express it in words. So it could only be expressed in, in a hint, in a, in a wink. So, so too, the, the external of infinite, of something that's infinite, is also very profound and very deep. So the, the hear of the beard, which is associated with the deepest part within, within us, with our deepest pleasure, with our sexuality, which is the core and essence of our being, and it's really that part within us that's really infinite, because that's our ability to become partners with God in creation, to create something that's infinite, to, to give birth to something that will outlive us and live on forever. So even the external 
part of that is also something that's very deep and, 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 and very profound. And what that means in a very simple level is that in Judaism, the way to approach God and the way to connect with God is not through love, meditation, spirituality, philosophy, theology. The way to connect with God is by living a life of good deeds. Even though good deeds to the rest of the person seems to be the most external part of the person, you know, the love, the emotion, the meditation is more, is more uh, a reflection of your personality, your character. The deeds are something that's totally external, which is like the here in comparison to the person. The here is the most external part of the person. But nevertheless, that is the path to God. By living a life of good deeds, this is what connects us with God more so and all the profound meditation and all the profound uh, philosophy and all the profound, the deepest love, that's all important, but that's just a means to an end. The end is, the most important part of life is, is to live a life of good deeds, a life of action, which is what the Torah and Judaism emphasize. It's the deed that matters most. So this is all represented by, by the hair. So the hair is associated, the beard is really something that's very holy. And in the previous generation, you know, if you see the pictures of the Nazis, the first thing they went after, you see the picture where they shaved the beards. They would, they would grab a Jew, grab a rabbi, and shave him. And because they recognize that the beard represents something that's very holy, something that's very profound and very, very godly. And therefore, that was the first target. So you can see that it was something, that a beard is something very, very special. Many times there's a disconnect between our best intentions and the way we ought to be and the way we know we ought to be and, and the actual. You know, there's a huge gap between the potential and, 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 and the actual. And um, the challenge in life is to bridge that gap, to actualize our potential and to be in touch with our truest self and deepest self. And... and uh, you know, perhaps that's really what the beard represents. On one hand, the beard is very external to the person. On the other hand, it's also connected, and it's really bringing down your, your face or your mind or your, or, and really translating it and bringing it down into, 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 into action, into the, your daily life. Your life should be consistent. Your external, your outside should be consistent with your inside. And that's the... That's the most liberating feeling that a person could experience or is when, you're, when your external life matches, resonates with your inner life. Um, it's like the concept in science of resonance. You know, everything vibrates. And if you match, if you match the internal vibrations, it'll, it'll shatter, the object will shatter. They, uh, I think they built a bridge once in Tacoma, Washington. They forgot about this principle. <laughs> the bridge just collapsed. And um, you know, when soldiers march across bridge, they, they don't march in lockstep because they don't want to create that, because of the principle of resonance, they don't want to cause the bridge to collapse. So it's the idea of living a life where your external life, your behavior, your day-to-day life, what you think and the way you speak and the way you act, resonates and is in, in touch with your deepest, deepest self. And that's really liberation. You know, when a person's life is consistent, your outside, your most external self is consistent with your deepest, most internal self.
the beard is, is that bridge. It's, it's connecting the, the deepest, the most profound, you know, our, our sense of sexuality, which really touches the deepest essence of our soul. And, and that it should, it should express itself in our daily life, that we should live a life that's consistent, our external behavior is consistent with our truest and deepest self. And, um, and that's really the only way to really find fulfillment in life. And that's, and that's f- freedom. Freedom is not to live as you please. Freedom is without restraint. Freedom is to live a life that's consistent with who you really are. When you're fully actualizing your complete potential. You know, the, the, the athlete who's, who's who, who so gracefully is able to express himself, you know, how, how much discipline goes into that, you know, how much deprivation and dieting and discipline, a very, very demanding regimen, but yet he's a free person because he's able to express himself, he's able to express his potential. So freedom is not being free of any restraints and just doing as you please. Freedom is being able to express your 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 deepest self, being able to live it. And that takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of strength, inner strength. But when you're able to translate all of those high ideals that we all have and we all carry with us, those dreams, and you're able to actualize them, that is, that is perhaps what the beard represents. Your, your, your deepest self is visibly expressed in, in your most external self. So it's consistent. It's connected. So when your behavior, your action, you're able to take all these ideals and actualize them and, and, to, and bring it down, translate them to real life, to daily behavior and conduct, that's, that's, um, that, that's the ideal. That's the goal. That's, that's what we aspire to. So perhaps the beer reminds us of that, too. Is there an equivalent um, for women? Well... The prohibition of the beard obviously is associated with the, with the masculine, with the men. The Kabbalah talks about you know, everything in this world is, is rooted in, in the divine, is a reflection of the divine. So we have the masculine energy and we have the feminine energy. So we also have the two aspects of the divine. There is a masculine expression of the divine and then, the, and then there is the feminine expression of the divine, which appear to be two opposites. The masculine expression of the divine is is the is the you know the giving and the of the of the infinite and the feminine expression of the divine is 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 the receiving is the in, internalizing. So you have the transcendent energy, which is the masculine, and then you have the in, internalizing energy, which is the the feminine. You know you have the all-encompassing life and light which is transcendent and all-encompassing, and then you have the internalized, which is specific, defined, but something that's, that's um, internal. And that's why the beard represents... beard is, is the external of something that's infinite. So even the external of something that's infinite also carries with it a lot of energy. Um, the hair, however, the hair that we grow in the head, however... Um, that represents the internal energy. That's the external part of the internal energy. Now, the internal energy, as it is, is a very limited and defined energy. So when you get something external from something limited, that's something you have to be careful of. 
you know, you have to be careful because that that's that could lead to vanity. That's something you have to introduce the idea of modesty. That's the idea of covering the hair, the idea of an inner sense of modesty. Um, because otherwise it could just be reduced to something very superficial. External is, is no is nothing great. Something external could be something something very superficial, empty, meaningless. So you have to be very careful. You know, the hair over the head, we, 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 keep, we, we trim. Um, the, idea of, of, the idea of modesty, the woman covering the hair after she gets married, because that's something external from something internal. And that you have, to be very, you have to be very careful. The beard represents something external, but from something infinite, from, from the, from the um, sexuality, really the infinite within us, the divine within us. Even something external, something infinite, represents something very powerful energies, because it reflects God's um, um, effluence and his divine flow of life, of, of energy. So the beard represents the masculine aspect of God. The woman embodies, incorporates the feminine aspect of God. And that's why, you know, the essence of the feminine mystique is the is relationships. Because that is why God, infinite, undefined God, created a finite, limited world. Because he wanted to have a relationship. God is single. <laughs> and even if you're God himself, you can't marry yourself. So to marry, by definition, you have to forget about yourself. So the whole act of creation is really an act of self-forgetfulness. And therefore God made that radical leap, quantum leap, and through the hair of the beards, so to speak. And therefore he created a finite, limited frame, framework, which is the whole framework of our conscious lives, words, concepts, time, space, and Within this framework, you can have a relationship. We can choose we have freedom of choice, and we can choose to enter into a relationship with God. The first mention of the beard is it's, it's right there in the Bible, in Leviticus, in the Torah portion of Kedoshim, in the 19th chapter, 27th verse. The Torah states clearly that a Jewish male is obligated not to destroy the corners of his beard, if you, you want to get into the technicality of it, the five corners of the beard, and um, it's either where the cheekbones meet the temple, that's either one or two corners, and also on the, the wide side of the cheek, and then on the chin. So the Torah states clearly that one is not allowed to, do, to destroy. Uh, via razor, you're not allowed to destroy your beard. But... Um, you know, it's, it's clear to us throughout Jewish history and all our prophets and, and leaders, uh, we can't envision Moses without a beard and uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we don't have to look far. We just look at our ancestors, you know, our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. Um, it was almost universal throughout. Most Jews had beards, um, or rabbis had beards. and uh, So this is a tradition that's been transmitted from generation to generation and uh, for thousands of years. The beard was a sign of, of dignity. Uh, we find in the Tanakh and the prophets um, it was actually an insult when the, there was an incident at times of King David when the enemies of the Jews um, cut off, shaved off half of their beard and they were so insulted that Israel went to war 
uh, based on that. And King David told them to stay away from their families till the other half will grow back. He didn't advise them to cut the other half, <laughs> shave the other half. That was not the, the norm, and that was not acceptable. So he told them to stay in seclusion until their, their, the other half will grow back, and then they'll be re- reunited with their family. So a beard was always a sign of uh, dignity and um, was carried very proudly by Jews throughout, throughout the ages. The first thing that, you, that stands out is that you know when you have a beard, you know that you're different and you're not afraid to be different and you actually carry it with great pride. See, to be Jewish is to be a rebel or nonconformist starting with the very first Jew. Abraham and Sarah reintroduced monotheism. When God created the world, the whole world was monotheistic, Adam and Chava. But uh, then the world became hopelessly pagan, and uh, Abraham and Sarah reintroduced, challenged the world and reintroduced monotheism. They didn't get it from their parents, didn't get it from their siblings, didn't get it from their environment. So they are the role model for future Jewish generation. As a matter of fact, Abraham was called Avraham HaIvri. Ivri means the whole world was on one side and, the, and he was on the other side. He wasn't afraid to be different. If you go into most Jewish homes in the world today, almost everyone has a picture of a great-grandparent from Eastern Europe with a beard. So, you know, the, the tradition of having beards is something that was quite prevalent among Jews in Eastern Europe and um, ever since from, from the beginning of time, from, from the very first Jew. And now there are many people that have technical on technicalities they find permission to shave and um, but firstly that that has been that's not so clear, you know, it's very controversial. But that only deals with the technicalities of the of the commandment. But once you get to the soul of the commandment, you understand the inner meaning, then there is no question. Then not only don't you shave the beard, you don't even trim the beard. And, and when you see, uh, you know, you see a white beard, it, 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 it's it's very dignified. You know, it's something very holy. You see a person who lived a meaningful life. You see a person who lived a holy life. And, you know, very practical, very down-to-earth, but yet permeated in a sense of godliness. And that's really what the beard really represents. It's not about becoming some otherworldly, otherworldly saint or you know, going up from some mountaintop. And, uh, it's really about being grounded and being practical and being down-to-earth, which is the world of action you discussed earlier. And yet, whatever you do, you're permeated with a sense of godliness. That's really what the beard represents. It's one thing to feel godly and holy when your eyes are closed and you're meditating and you're in some secluded uh, environment. But it's another thing as you go about your daily life. You're, you're involved in business, engaged in eating and drinking and sleeping and you know, the ordinary mundane life. And yet even then, you should be totally permeated with a sense of godliness, with a realization and, and the reality of God's presence. That's really what the beard represents to carry out that awareness of God even in your daily life, even as you go about your, your, your daily life. And that's something very special. To be Jewish is not to be afraid to be different, you know, to be in touch with what's going on internally. 
And if we're created in the image of God and everything in this world is a reflection of God, God created us with a beard. And a beard has such meaning and such significance and such holiness to it. So we, we carry it with pride and, and with dignity, you know. It's not being different for the sake of being different, but it's just being in tune and in touch, following your own inner compass and following your own conscience and, and following the proud traditions of, you know, we're a golden link and a, and a golden chain that goes back all the way from Abraham and Sarah and continue and will continue to the end of time. I mean, every Jew that's alive has the unique ability that he can name his great-grandparents by their first name, going back 3,800 years. I don't think anyone in the world has that ability. So we have a very proud tradition, and uh, we feel intimate, and we feel close to our, to our, um, our, our, our ancestors, and, and you know, we continue. This is an eternal chain that then we proudly carry on their energy and their life and their... And their vision of life, a beard for us represents, reminds us that, you know, we're not human beings who occasionally have spiritual experiences. The beard, beard reminds us that we are essentially spiritual beings that are having human experiences, that we are souls that have come down into this world. And, and therefore we carry the beard with pride and, and with dignity people understand, it's fine. If they don't understand, that's also fine. But, you know, if you're comfortable with yourself, if you're comfortable in your own skin, and you understand what you're doing, and then everyone around you, around you feels comfortable. You know, a lot of insecurity comes because you yourself are insecure. So if you don't understand, you don't understand it fully, then it makes you very uncomfortable. Why am I different? And why, why am I wearing a beard no one else is? But if you have a deep a deep understanding, then you wear, you're comfortable, you're natural, and everyone around you feels, feels very natural and comfortable, and, and they actually become very curious you know, about the whole subject. Actually, when I was 12, my parents moved to Philly, and as Jewish as New York is, Philadelphia is not exactly, visibly at least, it boasts a large Jewish population, the third or fourth largest Jewish population in America, but it's not, coming from New York, it's not a visibly Jewish city. And, um, you know, so I would, I would get a lot of comments. We grew up in the suburbs in, in Philadelphia, so we'd get a lot of comments. You know, we'd ride the bike or whatever, you know, firstly with the beanie, you know, the yarmulke, and, and, and then with the beginning, the beginning of the beard, the growing of the beard. But, uh, you know, that, that uh, I think it, 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 just, it just strengthened. It's a good experience because it's just, reminds you that you have to make choices in life and and you have to stick to your principles and stick to your convictions and we don't just live like the Joneses just for the sake of conformity you know you, you, you know who you are and you're proud of who you are and and that's that you know and uh, so it's it's, it's a, it was a very healthy uh, f- formative type of experience you know it's not it wasn't always pleasant or comfortable but but uh, it just strengthens you at the end, and um, you know, I have no no regrets. And, but it was a, it was a good, actually, a very good, wholesome experience. You know, at that age, adolescence, you have to take a stand in life. You know, you're not a kid anymore, and uh, it's easy just to get lost and and forget who you are. And and 
think the, the adolescent age is a very rebellious age also. You want to have your identity. You want to establish who you are. You, know, you don't, you don't want to just melt in a melting pot. And um, so it's, it's, it's fit in with that age very well. You want to show, show your rebellious streak. Use that stubbornness for good things, standing up for what's right and doing the right thing. So it's, it's definitely grabs your attention. Uh, it's definitely something that you can't hide. And, but it, it really forces you to, to come to uh, a decision. You know, you're not doing it for your parents or for your grandparents, for your community. It's, it's something that you are doing. You have to be comfortable. So it was a healthy, wholesome experience, all in all. Well, here in the community that originally I grew up with, in Brooklyn and Crown Heights, if you didn't have a beard, you would, you would stand out. Um, so that was actually that was, that was the, the norm, the entire community. It was a Hasidic community, so the entire community you know, proudly wore, wore the beards. You know, so that was, that was natural, that was the norm. But um, when you left the community, you moved, you moved to, we moved to a different community, it was the exact opposite. And you couldn't take anything for granted, and it was definitely not the norm. And, um, but you knew when you walked down the street, you knew that you're walking as a Jew. It's obvious that you're a Jew. So without the beard, you know, the only thing that distinguishes you, you're a Jew, is if you wear, uh, you wear the kippah, you wear the, the, the yarmulke, the skull cap, but that you can easily take off. You know, if you feel uncomfortable, you just remove it. <laughs> you can't just take off your beard. So it's, it's at all times, reminds you that you're a Jew. And you have to carry yourself in a certain way. You know, because people know that you're Jewish, and you have to carry yourself with a certain, certain dignity, and you have to behave accordingly. So it's, it's, um, it acts as a a healthy check. It doesn't doesn't always work, but <laughs> many times, if you're in doubt whether it's an appropriate situation to be in, you know this this is a healthy check and balance. You know, it's quite it's obvious who you are, and you have to you have to be careful how how you carry yourself in public, what you do, and what you behave, and how you behave. So it it does act as a very healthy uh, keeps you out of trouble. <laughs> This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.